0: When I started running at the age of 29, I had so many questions and what felt like nowhere to turn to for answers. So now I'm here to answer all your questions about running and running adjacent topics to help you become a better, smarter, more knowledgeable runner. Whether you're brand new or you've been doing this for a while, there's always more we can learn about running. And now you can train with Running Explained wherever you go. Check out the new Run Club by Running Explained app. The Run Club by Running Explained gives you the freedom to build your own training schedule using Running Explained training plans, including training for races, building your base, post-race recovery, running for fitness, and more, and you can swap between plans as needed. Then layer on a running-specific strength training program that matches your goals and includes plyo, core, and mobility. Plus, you have instant access to a variety of resources at your fingertips, including training guides, pacing resources, run fueling 101, and more. Join the Run Club Plus for a monthly live group coaching call led by me, Coach Elizabeth, plus in-app chat support and other fun inclusions. Start your three-day free trial now at runningexplained.co slash the Run Club or by visiting the link in the show notes. And now let's get started. Hey friends, welcome to the Running Explained podcast. I'm Coach Elizabeth, your host. I'm here, you're here. And this week we're gonna be talking about half marathon training. I honestly can't believe that I haven't done an episode about training for the half marathon because it is far and away the most popular distance that I coach. It is also the most popular training plan distance for races that I have. (laughs) Um, And the half marathon is behind the 10K, the second most popular race distance At least in the United States and I would extrapolate that to say it's probably the second most popular race distance worldwide so let's dive in why haven't we talked about this yet I don't know but we're going to be talking about it today (laughs) so the half marathon as you might have surmised from its name it is exactly half the length of the marathon distance Now, a marathon, the official distance for a marathon is 26.21875 miles. It's 26 miles, 385 yards, or 42.195 kilometers. And a half marathon is exactly half that. And we're going to go on a little tangent here because I want to talk about the history of why the marathon is such a weird distance. Like it's not a round number. It's not even a round number in kilometers. Like when you think about something like a 5k in imperial measurement, it's 3.1 miles and you're like, that's kind of a weird distance. Oh, but in the other form of measuring distance, it's a nice round number 5.0 kilometers. Not so with the marathon. Why is it not a round number in any of the measurement units that we use? Uh, except for maybe one marathon. It's one marathon long. Um, so up until, so the the marathon was introduced to the modern day Olympic games, which were, you know, resurrected, um, created in the 1800s. And there was no formal race distance. There was no like, oh, the marathon's exactly this long. Some years it was 25 miles, thereabouts. Some years it was 24. There was no standard official distance for the marathon Olympic event until the 1908 Olympics in London. Now, the Olympic Committee organizers had decided that for the London Olympics, they were planning on a course that was 25 miles long. Now, due to some shall we say, desires by some very important royal people at the time, um, the course got extended and kind of f- fussed with. Um, so the, it's my understanding that the start of the course was actually brought back a little bit onto the lawn of Windsor Castle so you, they could see the start and then it finished in White City Stadium on the track in the stadium and they had to enter the stadium and essentially because of where they were entering the stadium they had to go kind of around the track to finish in front of the royal box like that was the whole when they're trying to finish the race in the royal box long story short this ended up um being a total race distance from start to finish of 26 miles plus 385 yards not even meters yards and for some reason instead of revisiting that at the next olympics they're just like nope this is good this is it forever now forever and ever never and set this in stone it's never changing so that's why the marathon is the distance that it is and the half marathon is exactly half that distance which makes the for official distance of the half marathon even weirder. The official internationally sanctioned distance of a road half marathon is 21.0975 kilometers or 13 miles and 192.5 yards. I know, like when was the last time that you ran something in yards? Even for my friends my American friends, like... <laughs> When was the last time that was used as a unit of measurement for your runs? So that's a half marathon. Interesting also just talking about the Olympic marathon. There is no Olympic half marathon. The half marathon is a road, a a road race distance that is um, recognized by the governing body, the International Association of Athletics, um, the IAAF, uh, Athletics Association, IAAF, International Association of Athletics Federations which is essentially the association of all the national federations, like USATF um, is US track and field, which is the governing body of, uh, of essentially running in the United States. Long story short, it is an officially sanctioned um, distance in terms of like they recognize world records. And it's a, it's a legitimate distance, but it's not an Olympic distance. There's no Olympic half marathon. I, th- I think there should be. I would love to see that. Um, but it doesn't exist. Although it is a race that you can get a world championship in or a world championship, you can get a national championship. There's a US ETF uh, half marathon championships. I digress. I digress too far, even for me. All right. Just so we're kind of putting some some uh, ranges on this, the current half marathon world record is 57 minutes and 31 seconds, which is like, what? That's fast. And for women, the world record is currently one hour and four minutes and two seconds. So yeah, both those world records were set in 2021. Knowing how things go recently with world records of all distances seem to seeming to be kind of broken pretty regularly these days, I wouldn't be surprised if we see those change in the next year or two. Now, we're not going to be talking so much about how to run a world record in the marathon, but the reason I mentioned the current world records is not to make you feel bad that you're not literally a world-class elite runner. Um, hello, most of us aren't. Most of us are regular people. But to illustrate, I think one of the most funky and fun, depending on how you look at it, what your definition of phone is, things about the half marathon is that depending on how fast you are capable of completing a half marathon this distance might be more like almost like a 10k something when you're training for a race distance that's only going to be 75 minutes long that's a very, not a very, it's a different approach to when you're training for a race that's going to take you, let's say, three or three and a half hours, right? So it, the interesting thing is that although there are other distances where that have big variations in finishing times, and I think the marathon's a really great example of this, is that you have a two-hour marathoner and a six-hour marathoner, and they're both marathoners, but they're both multi-hour events, the half marathon is funky in that for some people, it's not a multi-hour event. And for for many people, especially if you're very talented or a faster runner, it's actually gonna be a, a run that's technically takes you Shorter than the technical definition of what would be considered a long run, which is for most people right around that 90 minute mark when it comes to, um, glycogen depletion and fatigue resistance, that sort of thing. So it's interesting to think about, you know, what are the considerations for training for a half marathon? If you're going to be completing it in 68 minutes, right? Versus two hours and 45 minutes. Um, we're going to be focusing more on the how most people, are probably going to end up training for a half marathon uh, versus how somebody who is running a 68 minute half marathon would be training for the half marathon. Um, but just kind of wanted to, for me personally, I think it's a really interesting thought exercise as a coach and kind of as the philosophy of coaching and how you would write out a training framework for you know thinking about it's not just the distance that you're training for, it's really about what is the duration of the event and that is the consideration that will inform some of your training decisions more than saying that. Oh, but it's this distance, right? Like, yeah, it's this distance, but you know, you're gonna be want to f- you're gonna want to focus on slightly different things if that distance will only take you an hour and change to complete versus two and a half hours. Um, one requires a long, longer time on feet, uh, you know, longer, you know, better aerobic endurance, not better aerobic endurance, probably somebody's running a 68 minute half marathon is exceptional aerobic endurance. But you see what I'm, you know, what I'm getting at is that the considerations are slightly different. However, for most people, right, we're not in that 68 minute half marathon category. So what are the, what are the key characteristics that you need in order to run to race a half marathon? Now I'm gonna pause right here and say two things. If you are looking for a training plan or exactly what specifically to do in order to train for your half marathon, this podcast will help kind of give you this, like, hey, this is what you can generally expect from half marathon training, but it's not gonna be like, and on Tuesday of week five, you're gonna run that's not this. You need a training plan, right? And whether you get it from me uh, or you get it from somewhere else, you know, you just need a real training plan. So, yep, I have a ton of, like I said, a ton of half marathon training plans available for a bunch of different experience levels. I have Disney half marathon challenge weekend plans. I have plans for the very first half, marath- time half marathoner going from the couch to the half marathon. I have training plans for more advanced half marathoners, you know, in the 40, 50, 60 plus mile per week range. And those are available for, hey, if you're looking for an actual plan that tells you what to do, as that's what training plans do, and you should train with a training plan if you have goals, that's what that's for. The other thing is more of a semantic note. In this episode, we're talking about racing a half marathon. Um, there, Depending on how you kind of quibble with it, when I talk about racing, we're typically talking about completing a distance at your to the best of your current ability. And that's typically considered racing, right? Hey, I'm gonna go run this distance as fast as I think I realistically can. Now, your half marathon racing goal may be, hey, I wanna get across the finish line in one piece. You don't necessarily have a time goal. You might have no idea what you might be even be aiming for in a half marathon. It doesn't really matter because what we're talking about overall is that, hey, what are the characteristics that you need to develop as a runner in order to complete 13.1 miles to the best of your current ability? whether that takes you 68 minutes or three and a half hours or anywhere in between. Now obviously there is a distance, uh, sorry, there is a difference between if you are trying to race a distance versus if you are aiming to complete a distance, at a pace that you know is um, slower than you would be capable of racing it. And I'll give you an example. Let's say that you were gonna run a 5K with your friend, your friend is a brand new runner and like is really concerned about finishing and they just wanna be able to complete the whole distance and you are gonna help them and you are going to run that 5K with them slower than your current ability would be to race a 5K. Right, you're still running a 5k but you're not quote unquote racing a 5k so just you know does it really matter not really um all right back to the actual half marathon like many like all distance running events the foundation of your requirements for completing a half marathon are endurance aerobic endurance any race over an hour, any, and especially over 90 minutes, especially over two hours, right? We're looking at a race that is going to be, or an effort that is going to be almost entirely fueled by aerobic, aerobic forms of energy produced by your body, aerobically produced energy. Now, if you want to dive into the physiology of energy systems and all that stuff, you want the Foundations of Running three-part course that I have, if you're looking into a deep dive on that. But we'll be covering a little bit of the topics today, talking about lactate threshold. But long story short, the most important thing for you as a half marathoner is to understand that you need to first and foremost, work on building up your aerobic capacity and your aerobic endurance and your ability to complete the distance. Now, for some of you, depending on where you're starting from, that, that might be the entire goal of your half marathon training cycle. Your entire goal for your half marathon training cycle may simply be to get up to a longest long run distance in training that is 10 or 11 miles so that you know you'll be able to complete 13.1 miles or the metric equivalent on race day. And yes, it is common for lower volume and more entry-level half marathon plans not to take you to 13 miles before race day, um, right? Because we're, we're starting where you're capable of, and we don't wanna go too aggressively. We don't wanna go too far too fast. If you can run th- 10 miles, you can absolutely go for 13. Like, no question, right? Um, just something to keep in mind. I've seen it happen a thousand times. It's absolutely possible. Now, that being said, As you become a more experienced runner, and that doesn't have anything to do with paces, somebody who's run a couple half marathons, your volume is a little bit higher. Maybe you are currently capable of running 10 miles today. Like, you're not even really training for anything. You're like, yeah, I can run 10 miles. It's not a really big deal. I'm running 40 miles this week. I can fit in 10 miles at a time, right? Then the long run, like the aerobic endurance is there. We're not necessarily concerned about, building aerobic endurance and building the aerobic capacity that you need in order to complete the distance. Now we can start focusing on, all right, can we start to do this a little bit faster, right? We have the base of the endurance I'm no longer worried about finishing this race. Now I want to see, Hey, now can I focus on being able to run it faster? And I did realize that I just threw out some weekly mileage numbers that might have some of you freaking out and saying, you're telling me that I can't train for a fast half marathon until I'm running 40 miles per week? Nope, that's not what I said. I gave an example. Um, I personally, and I talked about this in the in the episode last week about building running volume, I do think it's appropriate to start including um, race-specific workouts once, or speed work, intensity in your training. Um, for the half marathon specifically, I think once you get into the 25 mile per week range, I think it's appropriate to start including workouts because again, at that volume we're to start with and I'll I'll use my level 2 half marathon plan as a reference point which starts in the low mid 20s um, miles miles per week in the kilometer equivalent once you if you're starting there and then you're building up from there you do have some ability to include intensity performance oriented workouts workouts are going to develop the systems that you need to be better at racing this distance right so that's something to keep in mind if you're if it's your very first half marathon and your your goal is like, I've never run that far before, I've never run more than 10 miles, and maybe you've run more than a 10K, maybe you've never run more than a 5K, right? Give yourself plenty of time to train, but understand that your ultimate goal is to train to complete the distance, right? And to have a, a good experience in the race. Then, like all things, the first time you do it, aim to finish, and then we can work on getting faster. So when you do start including workouts, What does that look like for the half marathon? So, there are a couple ways to understand how we include workouts in training cycles. Depending on what uh, kind of, uh, not kind of, depending on what periodization philosophy that your training plan ascribes to and I'm getting really in the weeds here. I'm planning on doing a whole masterclass on training uh, periodization, like the periodization of individual training cycles, because I think it's interesting and fun. So we're gonna touch on that, but not really. Periodization simply simply refers to how things are organized in sequence. And a training plan is periodized in a way that it, for a race, that it essentially ends with you being as fit as possible for this one specific distance effort event on this one specific day. And everything before that is done in service to building you up and preparing you and developing systems in a very specific way so that you are the most ready at this one point in time that coincides with your race. Now, you may have seen um, training plans organized in ways where maybe the first phase of the plan refers to something like this is the endurance phase or this is the base phase. And then the next phase is something like this is the strength phase. Or this is the specific phase and then the final phase is something like the pre-competition phase or the peaking phase or the, the sharpening phase there's a bunch of different ways we can label these things long story short what this type of periodization is referring to this is called block periodization in that you have uh, discrete blocks of training that have individual purposes that are positioned one after the other right and in this in this situation, in block periodization, you can almost think of it as like um, a pyramid that is moving more and more race specifically as you move up the pyramid. So the the base, right? The base of your pyramid, the first block, is your endurance phase, your base phase. And maybe this is something you actually do um, before you start your training cycle, depending on how much work your base may need. Most training plans. Um, also include in that the first couple weeks, some sort of like you got the base, right? Okay, cool. Now let's, let's move on. Let's just make sure that we've got a couple more base specific stuff. This is typically mostly easy effort. The workouts aren't that crazy. Maybe it's mostly easy with some super high intensity stuff, like mostly easy. And then like VO2 max Hill repeats that sort of thing. Um, That's, that's the endurance phase. That's the base phase, the middle phase, depending on however you slice it, called the specific phase or the strength phase. Um, this is, and this depends, like this is not necessarily how every training plan is going to be structured. There's reverse periodization, there's undulating periodization. It's yeah, but (laughs) this is how most, you know, kind of the general structure of a lot of training plans. Um, the middle structure is when we start to get more specific, towards the uh, towards the skills and systems that we need to support what we're trying to do on race day. So this is where you're gonna start to see the inclusion of workouts that are what I like to call systems building workouts, right? They may not be race specific, but they improve the systems that will allow you to be more efficient at race efforts. So this is something like lactate threshold workouts, right? Lactate threshold workouts are fabulous for most, (laughs) most endurance race distances, but it's not necessarily a race specific workout unless, unless your goal is to run a one hour 10 K in which case that would be your lactate threshold uh, effort is also your 10 K effort because your lactate threshold is roughly your current one hour race effort, current one hour race pace. Your lactate threshold, as an aside, and this is again covered in the Foundation's three-part course, your lactate threshold is the point at which if you ran for an hour at this effort, you would hit your lactate threshold in that lactate, which is a byproduct of aerobic glycolysis, aerobic burning of glucose. The lactate is a byproduct along with hydrogen ions that after that one hour, lactate has been building up in your bloodstream, this and building up in this whole time, your body is actively working to clear it. It's shuttling it out to uh, your liver and to other uh, uh, skeletal muscle tissues to be used as fuel. But eventually, it's you are working hard enough, and it's building up, and it's building up, and you are essentially, it's you can no longer keep up with, and then it keep up with the output, and then it spills over, and it starts to accumulate, and then it reaches this threshold where instead of gently accumulating, if you take a look at a lactate threshold. Um, graph lactate threshold uh, chart you can see like instead of gently accumulating oh it's rising it's rising it's rising once we hit your lactate threshold it starts to boom skyrocket absolutely just skyrocket that's your lactate threshold and like I said that's about your one hour race pace one hour race effort now doing lactate threshold workouts are fabulous as a systems building workout for longer races because your ability to clear lactate more effectively means that when you are working below your lactate threshold like where most people are going to be racing a half marathon not it's it's above your easy effort but it's below your lactate threshold right so it's in that moderate intensity zone being able to clear lactate more effectively and more efficiently especially in especially in higher volumes means that you are going to be able to work harder for longer without reaching your lactate threshold. And that's a good thing when we're talking about these longer distance raises. So that's one example of a lactate threshold, of a systems building workout that is, it like would be included, and in I, if anybody has followed my training, you know I'm a huge fan of lactate threshold work. Um, that would be something we would be included in the specific phase. It's not, it's specific to the demands of your event, right? but it's not race pace yet. Another example of a, uh, a, workouts you would find would be, um, uh, long run workouts, like long runs with a progression at the end. So like I said, if this is your very first half marathon and your goal is to complete it, you've never run anything close to this, or it's been a long, long time since you've run anything close to this distance, your ultimate goal is just to build the endurance to be able to complete the distance. And yeah, maybe you are running the whole thing and you're running it at a pretty good clip, but the goal is not performance, the goal is finishing really well. Once you get to that next level, start to think about workouts that are specific to supporting your half marathon performance. We start to think about things like long run workouts. And there are a, there are a billion ways to put all these workouts together. And that I think is a lot of the the fun part of being a coach because the only limit is your imagination and your understanding of the physiology of endurance performance. Um, but Long run workouts are excellent for the half marathon because unlike the marathon, um, most people, you know, we don't need to run 20 miles to run a half marathon. You know, you can run 13 miles as a long run and maybe 10 of that's easy. Maybe three of it's a little bit faster, right? You do a fast finish progression to the end, uh, which is really great because what is the hardest part of any race? The end of the race. When are you trying to run the fastest on the legs that are the most tired? At the end of the race. So a fast finish uh, long run is a great type of long run workout to include in half marathon training. Now, the key is that not every long run in training in general needs to be or necessarily should be a long run workout. An easy effort long run is still a race specific workout for a multi-hour race. Okay, because an easy effort long run is a long aerobic stimulus. And what is a half marathon? It's a long aerobic stimulus for most people, right? So even when you are including long run workouts into your training, it's not something you're going to do every single week. Um, Other types of workouts that you may see include things like, uh, I mean, you, maybe you include some speed work, you know, it depends. Again, this is all can be super individualized because it depends on, you know, the skill of the runner. Are we including some VO two max work? I always think that strides and hard uphills or hill sprints or uphill strides, however you want to call them. I call them hard uphills are a great inclusion in your training year round, no matter what you're doing. So that should always be part of your training. Um, and then of course, race pace, race effort. Oh boy. This is where I see one of the biggest, I'm to say boo-boos come when it comes to half marathon training. It's that you, uh, I've seen runners, I see runners in general tend to overemphasize race pace in their training when they're kind of devising their own training or like modifying a training plan that they found online. And then they end up doing a ton, an absolute crap ton of work at race pace or at goal race pace. What's the difference between race pace and goal race pace? Goal race pace is the pace that you are hoping to be able to run on race day. Um, Like that's your like, yeah, my, I would love it if I'd be able to run a sub two half marathon, right? So then you're Goal race pace—the pace that you hope to be able to be fit enough to sustain by race day—that's your goal race pace. Um, race pace is what you would currently be capable of doing today, and the goal is that training at current pace, or depending on how aggressive your goal is, maybe some of your work is race pace. Um, that you are, you know, create making it so that you are gaining fitness little by little over time, so that your goal race pace and your current race pace coincide by a race day and the two become one. Now the thing is, is that I, when it comes to goal setting with runners, um, y'all tend to have a pretty weird understanding of what you may or may not be capable of. So uh, depending on how long you've been running and your experience in the sport, you may have a really good understanding of your abilities as a runner and you may be pretty dialed into what you think you can and cannot do. But a lot of people I work with, especially in the half marathon, have really no idea what's realistic for them and not necessarily in things that are too aggressive, but things that are like, wait, you you could do that this weekend, like and your half marathons in six months, your goal should be more aggressive than that. So definitely would recommend um, choosing if you're unsure of where you should even be aiming for don't just arbitrarily choose a time that sounds like it should be something you want to accomplish, right? Don't just be like, well, I don't know, I heard that that's a good time, so that's what my goal is. It might have absolutely nothing to do with your current abilities, right? So that's something to keep in mind. If you have any any questions about what, like, I don't even know, what, what should I be aiming for 90 minutes, two and a half hours, like, I have no idea. Go run a 5K or a 10K, go race it, go do a time trial, go run something super fast, to your best effort, plug it into a pace calculator, point yourself in the right direction. Where are you aiming? Okay, back to race pace. Race pace is absolutely very, very important in training when you have a uh, more performance oriented goal and your training volume supports the ability for you to include that type of harder work in your training without overdoing it but you don't need to do a bunch of it, especially not half marathon work, which is not easy. It's not, right? For a lot of people, we're aiming for a pace that is, yeah, it starts off moderate and then it kind of starts to feel like, you know, I can't do, I definitely could not do this all day. And depending on how fast you run, right? that the whole race might be kind of uncomfortably hard from start to finish. Now, sometimes, yeah, maybe actually the only part time it gets really hard is towards the end when you start to get tired and, um, but yeah, it's it's not necessarily an all day pace. It is for most people going to be firmly in that moderate intensity zone, rising towards their lactate threshold. Again, depending on how hard you're pushing, it actually might finish above your lactate threshold. You may finish at a very hard intensity. So race pace itself should not be the majority of the work you do in a week. The majority of the work you do in a week for half marathon should still be in your easy effort zone. Now, when you do include race pace, I like to do it in one of two ways for the half marathon. One, I like to include um, half marathon pace as a, as a midweek workout, something in repeats, right? Because let's say that we're focusing on achieving, and again, arbitrarily gonna choose uh, this time because it's easier for me to do the math, all right? Let's say you're trying to run that sub two hour half marathon, you're trying to squeak under. You're like, if I could only, if I could 159.59, I would be the happiest person in the world, right? So your goal is to sustain an average of nine minutes and nine seconds per mile for the duration of that race. Now, um, that means that that is your goal marathon, half marathon pace. And that would be a pace that that's what we're probably going to start and see how it feels in training. This is something we're introducing um, race pace repeats in a longer interval, but more track style workout. I love because it gets you a little taste of it, kind of get an idea of what it feels like. Uh, It's not supposed to feel easy, right? But we're not doing huge continuous volumes of this work yet. And so this would be something like maybe we start with like 800 meter repeats at you know half marathon pace or 1200 meters or maybe even doing a couple you know a um, mile repeats or 1K repeats whatever it is but like longer intervals at this more moderate effort. I like this for two reasons. One, it allows you to. Um, one of the things I like about interval workouts is it kind of allows you to reset at the end of every rep or the beginning of every new rep. Sometimes when we do continuous pace workouts, like long continuous tempos or, you know, uh, progression runs when you're in a groove, whether or not you you want to be there, you're kind of there. It's very hard to reset or redirect or, you know, refocus yourself in the middle of a continuous effort. I'm not saying it can't be done. It's just more challenging and it's much easier to do that when you are doing intervals. And a lot of people put a ton of pressure on themselves to perform in a certain way when it comes to race pace workouts specifically, because you are hyper fixated on this one specific pace. And you think that if you are able to hit this pace in a workout, it'll mean something really important. Um, And so when we are doing a re an interval workout, you essentially, you know, if you have a couple reps that suck, that's okay. You get to try again, you get to try again, you get to try again, right? And you also get to work on refining your sense of what does this pace feel like? What does this pace feel like in my legs? What does this pace feel like in my rhythm? What does this pace feel like in my breathing? Is this a pace that feels like, yeah, I'm, I'm working, but it's comfortable. Does this pace feel like I'm straining or struggling and like I said, you know, in the middle or earlier on in your training cycle, this pace isn't going to feel super easy, I get right, but it also shouldn't feel super hard. If you are trying to do um, race pace at shorter, uh, shorter intervals, let's say it's eight hundred meter repeats, right? If you are struggling to hit your goal half marathon or your half marathon pace at eight hundred meter repeats. That's probably not the right pace for you. That probably is a too aggressive pace, right? The other thing, too, is that when you are doing race pace workouts in an interval form, don't try to run them as fast as you possibly can and then say, oh, cool, that's my half marathon pace. Don't. No. The whole point of a workout at a specific intensity um, or a specific effort or a specific pace range, or ideally a combination of triangulating all of those, is that you are performing the workout where you're supposed to be, not where you wish that you were, or if I run it fast enough, it will prove something. Mm -mm. It is possible to mess up workouts by running them too fast. So don't make that mistake. Even though they're shorter, don't run them as fast as you can and then claim that pace as your half marathon pace. Okay. So like I said, introducing half marathon pace as a, as an interval workout in your training week, the other place, of course, to include Uh, race pace is going to be in a long run. Like I said, a long run workout now, long run workouts don't just jump from doing, you know, hundred percent easy effort, long runs to like long runs with a ton of half marathon pace. This is the boo boo, not that it's, you're doing way too much goal or race pace work in your training. It's that when people are hyper focused on a specific goal pace and trying to include a lot of it in their training, they tend to look at their long run as essentially like, cool. I'm going to do this whole long run at race pace because by doing that, you somehow think that forcing your body to run enough miles at race pace will guarantee you a result on race day and will force your body to do what you want it to do on race day. Now this may or may not work depending on how aggressive your goal is and what your overall ability is. Um, but more often than not, I've seen this backfire. I've seen runners leave their race in training. What does this mean? It means you trained essentially too hard in training. And by the time it was time to race, you were essentially burnt out and had nothing actually to do, you know, to give on race day. Um, I've seen runners injure themselves by doing this. I've seen runners um, think that they're guaranteed a result by race day. And then something happens on race day and they don't get it. And it's like their whole world's shaking because they literally thought it was guaranteed. Like, but I ran 12 miles at race pace in training. Why didn't I do it on race day? I was like, this happens sometimes. Long story short, long run workouts never, ever, ever comprise all race pace, no matter what you're training for. They just don't. Now, depending on what you're training for, you may include significant portions of race pace in your long run, but never is your entire long run going to be at race pace. For the half marathon, again, because of the duration of the race, um, this may be something where maybe you're finishing at race pace, right? So it's a 10 miles plus three at half marathon pace or four at half marathon pace. Um, Or maybe you're doing a couple, you know, like a longer chunk in the middle, like I'm running five miles and then, you know, five miles at race pace and then I'm cooling down, you know, three or four miles. Um, Those are options, right? There are different ways to include this. So the other thing, too, is when it comes to the specific work is going over distance in a long run. So this is something that you see most commonly in moderate and advanced marathon or sorry, half marathon training plans. You almost never, ever, ever will see this in a marathon training plan. Um, An over distance long run is when you run longer than the total distance of the race in a long run in your training. Now obviously for shorter distance runs like a 5k, like your long run is probably going to be way longer than three miles, right? Especially once you get into any sort of performance oriented training, right? You're going to be doubling, tripling, quadrupling your 5k, you know, uh, your race distance in your long run, like almost every week. It's On the fence for whether it's appropriate or not for the half marathon, again, depending on your goal and where you're coming from, for that beginner, that low volume, that finish strong, first time half marathoner, like I said, your longest long run may be 10 or 11 miles, and that's normal. But for a more experienced or a higher volume runner, you'll likely for the half marathon hit at least 13 miles in your long run. For my more advanced and high volume half marathoners, I tend to take them to a maximum of 15 or 16 miles total in their long run. And those are typically easy effort, but maybe we'll throw in a little progression depending on how they're feeling, their specific tolerance for those longer efforts, Um, especially if they are used to something like high volume marathon training, something like a 16 mile long run for half marathon training feels reasonable for them but you probably don't need to go much beyond that. 16 miles is a lot for a marathon or for a half marathon training An over distance called an over distance long run. Now that's the specific phase, right? Those things that are going to specifically help to support what you're trying to do on race day. And as, like I said, you move closer to the race, the training plan will become more and more and more specific. And this, the final phase of your training uh, plan, the, the final block of training consists of two parts you have again it depends on who calls it what you've your either called your peaking and your tapering or your sharpening phase and it really doesn't really matter how what you call it here's what it is the final big phase before your taper this is the uh one or two or maybe even three weeks depending on on the structure of your plan of the highest volume typically the the most race specific most proportion the highest proportion of intensity of training that happens directly before you start tapering into race day so this would be when you have your longest long runs your biggest workouts your biggest overall weekly mileage right this is the you know the the peak of your training plan and that happens directly before you taper The half marathon taper is typically between, okay, I'm going to give you a big range because it really does depend. Seven and 14 days with, for most recreational runners who are not elites, we're probably going to want to do a 10, 10 to 14 day taper, okay, with your last big long run or last significant workout occurring 10 to 14 days before race day. I've done a whole episode on tapering if you want to listen to it, it's back in season two, I think. it's literally just an episode on tapering. So that's the structure of your training plan for a half marathon. The training length uh, training cycle length for the half marathon, the average length, I would say the most common length of the half marathon training uh, cycle that I see that I think is a decent length is 12 weeks. But whoops, I just hit my mic. But if you require a more significant or more robust base before starting your half marathon training, that will that will extend your half marathon training into 16 or maybe even 20 weeks. Now, you may or may not choose a training plan that has that built in. So what is an example of this? Um, Let's say, so I have two versions of a level zero half marathon training plan. This is a a, a half marathon training plan that the goal of these plans is to get you from the start to the finish, happy, healthy smile on your face, ready to do it again. You don't hate running, you're excited about it. (laughs) You've built your endurance, you can complete a half marathon, heck yes, let's go. One plan version is 12 weeks because this assumes you can already currently run you know, five or six miles at any pace, any pace, right? But you can complete that. You can do that 12 weeks ahead of your half marathon. You can complete a 10K at any pace. And you're also running, you know, three times a week and you're, you're comfortable there. The 20 week version of the plan essentially has eight extra weeks of base building that help get you to the point of then being able to progress into that regular half marathon training. Now, another way of doing this would be to take a 12 week plan and to put a base training phase behind it. But like I said, for some longer training plans, the initial part of the plan is essentially just an elongated version of that base phase, especially when we are looking at needing to um, build up our training to a specific volume in order to then continue with training for the event that we're trying to accomplish. Aside from the doing all your long runs at goal race pace mistake that I see, I also tend to see half marathoners struggle in the race with a version of hitting the wall, losing gas, losing steam, conking out, struggling, slowing down significantly around mile 10, maybe mile 11. Now, This could be from one of several factors, sometimes a confluence of all the factors. And I'd say this is the most common thing that I see when I debrief half marathoners and say, I don't know what happened. Like I was doing great until mile nine and then like it got really hard and then like mile 10, I could barely move my legs forward. And I don't like it was awful, but I was feeling so good up until then. And that sucks because I've been there. I've had a race go basically exactly like that. So what's happening here could be one of a couple issues. You could literally be hitting the wall depending on how long you're out there for. So hitting the walls, when your body runs out of glycogen and this happens when it is most, um, your highest risk of hitting the wall is going to be in multi hour race events, specifically ones that last over two hours. The marathon is um, almost everybody who runs a marathon is in danger of hitting the wall because the marathon, Even the fastest possible marathon is still two hours at this point, right? And most of us are going to be running significantly longer than that. For some people, a half marathon, like I said, 80, 90 minutes, right? You could technically run out of glycogen in that time, but it's not as likely as if you are running for two, three hours. You can run out of glycogen in the half marathon. And the other thing too is that what makes this more common in the half marathon is that for some reason, a lot of people don't put together that they need to fuel in something like a half marathon with wanting to perform really well. You do need to fuel your half marathon. I don't care if nobody else is doing it. You need to because you know it's going to help you train better and perform better. So the general recommendation for fueling for races... Up to two hours is between 30 and 60 grams of carbohydrate to two and a half hours and beyond that kind of gets a crossover with between 60 and 90 grams. Long story short, you need to be fueling your half marathon with something. OK, this will make it Far less likely that you'll run into energy management issues in your half marathon. If you struggled from mile nine or 10 onwards in your last half marathon and you weren't fueling at all, you just got to add some fuel and try again. <laughs> like I'd say fueling probably fix most of your problems. Ditto with hydration. If you don't understand how much hydration you actually need, you could end up in a place where your dehydration is hindering you so much that you are you're dehydrated to the point where it's Im- impeding your ability to perform. Women specifically, we are far more sensitive to the effects of dehydration on performance than men are. And so by the time we get like 2% dehydrated, we're in trouble. Okay. You get more dehydrated than that, you're even more in trouble. And hydration is not just fluids, it's fluids and electrolytes. So if you feel like, hey, my training went really well, but on race day, I absolutely, it was just the worst experience of my whole life, and you had like one or two cups of water and no fuel, you're probably just missing a fueling and hydration strategy. That's it, which is fun, because like, it's a simple fix, right? Practice fueling, practice hydration, make it a part of your training, fixed, probably. No guarantees, but like, that's that's where my money is. So the fueling thing, the under fueling is a huge, huge issue that I see with half marathon performance issues, Hi, fueling and hydration. The other one that I tend to see uh, well, aside from the pacing issues, like starting your race like a bat out of hell and then just totally like running way too fast and then hitting the wall because you're probably running at or above your lactate threshold, which what do we know? We can't really sustain that for much longer than an hour. and if you do that in the first hour, you're not gonna have anything left for the second hour or anything beyond that. So understanding that, when you are looking at a performance oriented race or really any race, (laughs) um, you probably want to start slower than your goal pace, probably sometimes a lot slower and slowly work your way into your goal pace. And then, uh, you know, finish fast, depending on the elevation of your course. But long story short, starting as fast as you possibly can never worked well for anybody except sprinters. Yeah. They're the only ones who get to do that. Um, The issue with, like I said, so yeah, fueling and hydration could be a pacing issue. The other thing that I tend to see the biggest issue with here is that you don't have the aerobic capacity to support the distance. You think you do, but you don't. And this happens a lot with runners who are doing a ton of running in that moderate gray zone area. This has significant overlap. This group of people has significant overlap with a group of people who tend to do their long runs at race pace. <laughs> um, because whether or not it feels like it's quote unquote working, um, the easy effort, aerobic, slow, low and slow foundation endurance building running, that that's what's allowing you to do what you're trying to do on race day. That is the foundation of where your performance comes from. And if your foundation is not strong enough, no it doesn't really matter how much race pace work you do, you're not going to be able to sustain that for the entirety of your race on race day. So a lack or a uh, an insufficient aerobic capacity. And I, there's a very, um, intent, like kind of specific profile of runner. I tend to see fall into this category. You can run 10 miles, no problem, no problem at all, but that's pretty much your limit, anything beyond that in training, right in a race at any pace starts to feel kind of crappy. You don't really like running easy or slow. You do try to keep all your runs at a certain pace or faster. Um, You think that the best way to get fast is to run fast, right? So these are all things, yeah, the type of runner who, yeah, you've read about easy running, but you're like, no, 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 like what I'm doing is fine and it feels really good, I'm sure it's fine. Um, I promise you, I'm not, like I said on last week's episode too, I'm, I'm not trying to scam you, like, The reason that I keep talking about easy effort running and why it's so important is because it is. It is the foundation of your fast running. You cannot build a skyscraper on a balsa wood plank. Okay, it'll collapse. It's not going to happen. So if you're not comfortably able to complete, like I said, 10, 11, 12, 13 miles in your training, especially if you have like performance, let's forget the finish strong group, right? If you're like, I'm trying to run this half marathon as fast as I possibly can. This is not my first half marathon. I'm doing workouts and training. I have over distance long runs, right? But you're doing everything kind of fast and it kind of feels hard all the time. And you kind of need like an extra day or two to recover after every long run. And you're kind of sore all the time. Yeah, you just need to do more easy effort running. Instead of doing so much at moderate or high intensity. So, what are the yeah, common issues? Common issues when we hit the 9, 10, 11 mark underfueling, not hydrating enough, pacing issue, uh, tr- we'll call it a training error, and you're not doing enough easy effort running. Um, what is the last one that I tend to see? I guess it's kind of a tied in with like a too aggressive pacing that your goal is unrealistic. And again, this this goes back to do you even know what's realistic for you? If not, that's totally fine. But you're going to have to figure it out before you start setting goals. Now, for me personally, I think that the half marathon is one of the best returns on your training investment. What do I mean by that? you can get a huge amount of experience and fitness and satisfaction and growth and development from half marathon training without needing all of the freaking time in the world that you would need for something like a marathon, okay? So if you are looking to do something that is challenging, That includes, for many of you, will include workouts, right? Will include, you know, speed work, race pace, long run workouts. You know, it's a slightly shorter training cycle, 12 weeks instead of 16 or 18. And will still improve your abilities across the board as a runner. I think the half marathon is one of the best things out there. I love it. I really, really do love it. And something that gets me a little know makes me sad doesn't make me upset it just makes me sad is the weird just a half marathon I kind of hate that it's called a half marathon like I wish it was called a different distance I wish it was its own separate distance <laughs> like it was the 21k or it was called the Flegelhorn, or I don't know something that wasn't didn't always invite comparison to a marathon because there is nothing just or only about running miles or 21 kilometers as fast as you possibly can for everybody who has run a half marathon. That's not easy, right? There's nothing just or only about this distance. I think it's a fabulous distance. I think it's a wonderful goal that many of you have. Um, And I think that one of the best things we can do as runners is to be able to experience kind of like the, the breadth and depth of types of training. Um, And I think that half marathons are a really good way of getting all of that in because you can still include workouts and, and race pace and intensity at lower, lower volumes compared to something like the marathon. So what do I mean by that? Like I said earlier, I think it's appropriate to start including workouts in half marathon training. Once you get to the 20 plus mile per week mark, which 32 plus 32 kilometers and up, right? Once you're at 20 plus, definitely 25 plus miles per week, you can absolutely include workouts in your training. Race-based workouts, one, maybe two a week, depending on what your tolerance is, how much you're running. For the marathon, that that uh, volume range, that's the jumping off point to start building your endurance to complete a marathon. I'll be completely honest with you, I don't think that, marath- that workouts are necessarily beneficial in marathon training until you are capable of running probably 40 plus miles per week. And I know this is not, this is not a cut and dry. It's not a black and white. There are going to be people out there who are like, I run 32 miles per week and I do workouts in marathon training. Cool. But like in general, the overall goal of marathon training is endurance to complete 26 miles. The the overall goal is to build the endurance. If you're taking focus away from building endurance by doing a whole bunch of weird workouts, that's not work. That's going into your ability to complete the marathon, but you can do fun, sexy, fancy workouts and half marathon training at a lower relative volume. So especially if you are, you know, if you like that kind of work, if you kind of like the best of both worlds, you know, hard stuff but I still like my long runs right if you're the person who's like I love running double digits on the weekends um I love long distance but I also really like some hard and and fast running I think half marathon is the sweet spot wherever you are running whatever you are doing this spring I hope that if it's a half marathon a one mile a hundred mile and anything in between I hope that you have a fabulous time doing it Like I said, if you need specific help, guidance, resources on this, I do have those available. Tons of training plans. Love the half marathon distance. And I hope you learned something today. Thanks for being here, you guys. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, you can always find and follow me on Instagram at Running Explained. And if you're looking for a coach or a training plan, check me out. Visit my website, runningexplained.co. That's runningexplained.co. See you next time. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition.